Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. So, Anya. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Hey. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> what did uh, what did uh, we just watch? Well, Kevin, we just watched something that we picked up in a bin at Menards. <laughs> A.K.A. The Chronicle Mysteries Recovered, a 2019 film from the Hallmark Channel. What uh, <laughs> what have we what has life come to? 
Yes. Is the follow-up question, obviously. What, 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 what can you tell us? What can you tell? What can I t- explain? I didn't understand the movie. Yeah. I don't think I did either. And the premise sounded pretty simple. So you and I recently enjoyed the crossword puzzle mysteries from the same kind of Enjoyed channel. Enjoyed a strong word, but it was We loved right. it. We were fans. We tolerated it. Kevin was obsessed. Kevin, it changed Kevin's whole ethos and outlook on life. <laughs> the crossword mysteries. You know, they're kind of silly little things. And so we were like, oh, this is going to be like that. But the premise is basically a podcaster goes back to her her small Pennsylvania town to look into a cold case. Pretty simple, right? Pretty. You got very excited about that. You're beautifully a, you're, simple. You're a podcaster yourself. Arguably. As are you. What do you mean arguably? (laughs) We're literally on a podcast now. Does this count? Yes. And you said, said, I feel seen. This is us. I feel validated. I feel seen. I feel lifted up. (laughs) And, uh, you know. You shed a tear. I shed a tear. And also, you know, we're, we're, also we're journalists, you know. I mean, I'm a. I'm a journalist. I'm a working journalist. You're you're a working journalist. I'm, a, I'm employed as a journalist. And we also do journalism on the side for our true crime podcast, The Murder Sheet. So we're the the demographic of people that we can say, you know, we actually do report on crime. So what's what's gonna let's see how realistic this is gonna be, Hallmark Channel. I'm real I got high expectations here. After that crossword puzzle mystery. The crossword puzzle mystery, I don't know if we, we even noted this at the time, but one of the people who consulted on it was Will Shorts, who does crosswords for the New York Times. So we shouldn't have been surprised that one of the premises of the picture was the crossword puzzle editor is the cleverest person on the face of the planet. Also, the only thing keeping the whole goddamn paper alive it was a frightening glimpse into the mind of Will Shorts. But the fact that he actually does this for a living in some crazy sense gave it, it was in the same room as reality. Yeah, it, there were a couple little details there where I have no I don't do crosswords, so I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But it sounded like, oh, maybe that is true about the crossword crowd. Yes, maybe crossword puzzle editors are the secret geniuses that are keeping businesses afloat, <laughs> keeping people in the city sane. We salute them. God folks. bless them all. They're the they're the brave ones. They're the real heroes here. And you know, so it was kind of funny w- w- with this one. And and I think I summed it up best. And I want everyone to keep in mind this as we talk about it and as we criticize it, because I think it'll help you realize why maybe even though I thought it was absolute trash, I loved it on some level. I felt seen by it. I felt like uh, I re- it related to me and it related to my interests. And that's because we were talking about this. Do you, Does everyone know like when AI writes something, like AI writes, like for example, you, your, your example, Kevin, was AI writes a, a chapter of Spider-Man or like a, a issue of Spider-Man right. and like it's just really bizarre shit and the dialogue doesn't really sound right and it's all like a lot of words glomped together that shouldn't be together and it's just a stew but there's something slightly recognizable about either the rhythm or the words the diction 
that you're kind of like, I see what the AI is thinking, but it's, you know. It's not quite getting it. It's not quite getting it. It's not human. And this, it feels like it's almost if AI went into my brain, my interests. Because let me tell you, in addition to true crime and journalism and small towns, there's a shit ton in here about LLCs. And that is one thing that I always enjoy looking up and doing in my research as a journalist is getting into the fucking LLCs of it all and sailing on the high LLCs and they are doing this too much in this movie and that's coming from me who's actually interested in that shit. So I I gotta take my hat off to them. I feel like they somehow got into my mind, put together an AI algorithm out of it and this is what we got. It's not human, it doesn't make any sense, but it felt no. familiar to me. And I think it felt familiar to you, too. Yes, when you said Disturbingly that. Disturbingly so. I, I agreed. Like, what even was my reaction? And uh, in, in, in terms of, to use a different metaphor, in terms of the actual storytelling, um, there were like five characters in the other, in the crossword mysteries. There are like 30 characters and they're all named Troy Hines. Okay. <laughs> and this story felt like when you're on a, like, yeah, we lived in New York for a while. When you're in a subway car and you're just sitting there and people are getting on and off, you're not really keeping track of them. You, you don't know what the fuck they're doing. Maybe you glance at one of them. Maybe you lock eyes. It's awkward. You look away. Maybe somebody has, you know, a, a big, uh, a, a big plant or something that they're struggling with. Maybe some people are, you know, you know, you know schmoozing or something, whatever. But that's what it feels like. People are getting on and off. You're confused. And, and like, and then someone comes in and is like, oh, which one of these guys is Troy Hines? He's pretty important, as you see. What the fuck? Don't ask me. Don't, how dare you ask me? I'm... I'm just trying to sit here mind my own goddamn business on a fucking commute, and you're coming out in here and asking me which one of these men is Troy Hines when they all look exactly the same and all function in the same way in the plot, and they have no distinguishing features, and you're throwing a bunch of information, and there's a dog running in and out named Hearst, and, and he has a big couch in the fucking newspaper office, but we, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, I think. A lot of things happen off screen, a lot of people walking off camera. A, there was one point they were in some little <laughs> diner and our female lead says to our male lead, I'm going to go to Pittsburgh with this other fella. And he says, oh, that sounds great. And then there's a cut. And then the female lead is in the diner that she was in a moment before with another guy shot from behind. And it took me a moment to realize that's the guy she went to Pittsburgh with. And they've just got back from the trip of Pittsburgh, which we haven't even seen. And they're discussing what a waste of time it was. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it does not flow. It is not logical. Things are happening. Troy Hines is coming in and out. And he's like three people in my mind. I mean, I don't know if that's what they intended. And a lot of the action takes place at a small town's weekly newspaper. And the small town's weekly newspaper has a newsroom that is bigger and more filled with people than the newsroom in the crossword puzzles mystery, which ostensibly happens in New York City. Which was also a pretty substantive newsroom. Yes. This is bustling. This small town paper has a gossip columnist. I don't... I don't know what kind. I don't know what shit these people were smoking, but it's. I mean, oh, and she's sassy. Oh, she's a bit sassy. She's she's up and up on all the gossip, and 
There's a dog, again, a dog named Hearst owned by the publisher. Let me tell you guys. Okay, first I'm going to just give you a blurb. Oh, no, now I'm leaning over and I'm falling off a cliff. Okay, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But I'm saying that's how it is in the show. It just happens totally randomly. that is how it happens, actually. Literally. So the main romance, not really a romance, uh, the main connection is between the podcaster who is like a former venture capitalist. Is that supposed to make us sympathetic in in a story about journalism? Come on. And then a... Like uh, a guy, uh, the editor of the local paper, who's also he's the editor. Is he the editor? He they call him editor in chief, and he's he's called chief. But here's the thing about chief: he's a reporter because he's acting as a reporter. Now I have heard of like small town papers where the editor kind of does everything, but I was suspicious. And given that these guys have a robust staff who all seem to be, let me say, working on one story, nothing makes sense. The economics of this don't make sense. I'm just putting that out there. But he he is told by the publisher to work with this podcaster. So they work together and they make a bizarre deal that doesn't make any sense about how the podcast will live on their shitty small town newspaper website for three weeks. And then she can do whatever she wants with it. That doesn't work out for anybody. OK, I don't know what the hell. I, I, I oh, Jesus Christ. And although later to cut to the chase at the very end, they say, oh, this podcast being on our newspaper's Web page has made us a mint and saved the newspaper. How? How? The newspaper where like 50 people work and have like in health insurance needs and dependents. I think not. I don't think these people understand the finances of podcasting, the fine art of financing a podcast. But that's neither here nor there. I wouldn't even care about that. I mean, it's 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 neither here nor there. But that's the things you focus on when this story, this subway car is zooming by out of control. People are in and out. Facts and figures are being called out. I mean, this this started out like basically so simple. A, a woman, the central mystery of our podcast my friend from this small shitty town in Pennsylvania went missing after clocking out of a shift at a country club. I'm sad about it. I want to know what happened to her. We found her car crashed and there was blood at the scene, but not enough to kill her. And they never found her body. So what the fuck happened? Fine. Okay, fine. It turns into an ongoing murder investigation of a modern case involving multiple LLCs, money being shuffled around, uh, threats, uh, a pretty hunky fireman. A hunky fireman who comes in and disappears. And not not as part of the mystery, just in terms of, like, characters are coming in and out. And, of course, Troy Hines at the center of it all. The Troy Hines of it all. And you also have a very dangerous walking trail. Pissed off law enforcement. Um. Oh, the publisher of the paper in a twist that didn't need to be a twist turns out to be the podcaster's uncle, which just makes the whole thing just seem like a sad nepotism case. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. This isn't how anything works. I did not understand this movie. I mean, I literally did not follow the plot. Yeah, I didn't follow the plot either. And when you explain it, it sounds like the simplest thing in the world. I think it would have been much easier for them. Frankly, this is why I'm a little impressed with it. I think it would have been easier for them to just stick with the cold case and say... Okay, who was that woman dating? Who were her friends? What did they say happened? Instead, they were like, no, you know what? You know what? We're going to make it. It's all going to be centered around the waitress who she was working that shift with, who's now a sketchy tax accountant. 
who's going to get murdered herself. That's the real mist. What? Huh? Oh, and she had a bunch of LLCs set up. We're going to search PennsylvaniaBusiness.com to figure out her shit. What? And then at some point, she, the podcaster and the editor, go on a walking trail and and the the podcaster leans over and the wood uh, railing breaks away and she nearly falls to her death mm-hmm. and i guess the implication is this was planned but how would the person who weakened it presumably walking trails are frequented by many people yeah podcasters and other human beings how would they know that she's going to be the next person to come and lean over there. I think they were just like, it's a classic podcaster move to come take a really pretentious, uh, you know, headshot. You know, you're, they're going to lean right here. They're going to look really solemn for the black and white photo shoot. And that's when they get them. So I think they actually knew their shit on that one. I think they had it all planned out. That old Troy Hines. <laughs> Troy Hines isn't the villain. I just keep on. This name comes up so many times and I still don't know who it was. And there's also a theme park. There's a theme park, yeah. There's horses. The, see, the theme park and horses is where they lose me. That's where it's not really Anya's AI brain. I wasn't into horses growing up. It's not that I don't like them, but I wasn't a horse girl. And, you know, theme parks are cool, but, again, that's not. So, I mean, there's a limit to how closely. And, and, and you know, I don't know if you're going to want to cut this, but I, I remember uh, we did do true crime podcasts. We've talked to a lot of real-life police detectives. And I will rem- I remember that at one point, one of them said something inexplicable. He said, you know, Kevin, you know, if a, if a young lady is interested in horses, she's crazy. That. <laughs> yeah. You remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> so I think this is something that was in your AI brain. See, I just you got remember thrown that, in there. Just you remember a, that comment. I do remember that comment. And it was pretty funny. But... No offense to all those horse girls. I don't even know what they... What, that, I don't that, even know what he meant. I don't either. I don't endorse that claim. I, there's like a thing making fun of horse girls online these days. I think I kind of understand it, but that's one of those things I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't have a dog in that fight. I don't have a horse in that fight. Like girls with like a horse voice? No, like girls who are like into the saddle They have, they have like a sinus infection, so they sound like... like uh, the older Lucille Ball. To me, like horseback riding always just sounded like something that like super rich people did. And, you know, I. Earlier this year, you rode a horse. I did ride a horse, but it's like I didn't like that's not my horse at my stable. That's expensive, right? Well, you did buy a, a riding outfit. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. yeah the In your crop. fantasies, maybe. <laughs> yeah. My little crop. Yeah. Where are you going with that? This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery 
starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. <sighs> this, uh, yeah, this, this show. This wasn't good. No, it wasn't good, but I didn't hate it. Again, I just kind of was like getting bombarded. It was like... An alien from outer space trying to communicate with you, like you're like I, you're almost getting there. Like I don't quite know what you're trying to say or what's going on, but I appreciate the effort. And uh, there's no chemistry between the podcaster and the editor. The only chemistry was between the podcaster and the hunky fireman. The hunky fireman, who Kevin and I both agreed was our favorite character. You know, he's a good-looking guy. He's a working-class guy, down-to-earth. You already know, like, that character. An honest fellow. An honest fellow. He just felt like a real guy. Uh, Oh, jeez. The whole thing didn't make any sense. Uh, But I did love it. I love, I love, I love all these weird Hallmark movies and their strange takes on reality and crime and small towns. And it just, I mean, wouldn't that be nice if small town, uh, newspaper really had that many people and they were all just fucking focusing on some dumb cold case and then this podcaster is so earnest oh you know you're gonna make a difference with our podcast oh my god jesus people do talk like that in true crime unfortunately and that's embarrassing and they're fucking should stop (laughs) is the lesson i'm gonna solve this case no you're fucking not we don't live in a fucking vigilante state like you're not going to solve shit. You can maybe uncover useful information that could gain answers or perhaps lead to a trial if if you're careful, but you're not going to fucking solve anything. That's not how the system works, lady. You know, jeez. So I appreciate the editor's initial skepticism of her, but you pointed out that there was also a bit of a sexist vibe to that too. Yes, I also in the crossword mysteries uh, the same thing happens where we meet uh, an intelligent woman. There's some sort of ridiculous business designed to make us think she's smart. And then the, the person thinks, oh, yeah, she's not smart as she thinks she is. And then uh, eventually comes to accept her value and worth. Now, in this movie, the business that's supposed to show us how smart and observant she is is that when she meets the editor of the paper, she is able through subtle clues to deduce that he's not actually the publisher of the paper. We're supposed to think, oh, that's clever. But then later we learn that no, that wasn't clever. She knows that he's not the publisher of the paper because she knows her uncle is the publisher <laughs> of the paper. She was just bluffing him. She was just lying. Lying through her teeth. To get ahead. 
And can I point out typical that, podcaster move? Yeah. Can I just can I just point out though that in a very refreshing twist, I think when we first met, you thought I was incredibly intelligent, intimidating, put together, and now since we've gotten to know each other better, have gotten married, now you think I'm a total dumbass. So for you, it was actually the opposite. You took me very seriously, respected me at first until I got to know until you, you got to know me, and now you know the truth. You know the the jackassery. You know the bumbling. So. You didn't have that sexist reaction to me at first. That just came later. And then it wasn't sexist. It was based on you as a person. Exactly. <laughs> no, you, you're very nice to me. <laughs> PSA. Every, people, people, listeners, is that a cry for help? <laughs> I think the world of you. Oh, I love you, baby. I just thought it was... <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 these guys in these Hallmark movies. I'd like to see one where there's a kind of a like a spunky guy who comes into town. I'm going to change the world with whatever dumb shit I'm doing. And then a, a kind of a jaded female detective is the one who's like or editor or, you know, somebody who's more in the uh, official authority role is the one who's like, yeah, I don't know, kid, you know, don't fall in love with me. That would be that would be fun. I think that would be a good twist on it because I think we see a lot of this dynamic. Why can't the woman be the jaded one who's skeptical about whatever bullshit this man is selling? Right? Yeah. Mix it up. Go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, also, obviously, it did not depict what the life of a podcaster is like. What is the life of a podcaster other than just completely squalid and painful? That basically sums it up. <laughs> It has her, like, going to a police office and say, hey, I like all the files on this cold case. And they said, sure, here they are. That actually happened to us recently. Act that I'm not, I'm not joking. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. But that's a fluke. <laughs> the first time it ever happened. Maybe the only time. Yeah. But in fairness, that's how it should be. Because, you know, fucking cold case. You obviously didn't do a good job with it on the first run. <laughs> Let other people look at it. It's a bit judgmental. Sometimes it's not the police's fault. Oh, my God. This is what I have to live with. <laughs> Some, But the fact of a case hasn't gotten solved, maybe it makes sense to let other eyes look at the facts. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, things could have gone better. Okay, I'm not saying anyone did a bad job, but things did not go as well as they could have. That's right. That's fair to say. And, uh, and, oh, also hilariously, when she goes to pick up these files, it's like a, it's like a school folder of like your first, like, or like a folder when you get a new job and they give you like a few sheets of paper in a folder on the first day. I mean, have they, they've been doing no work on this. Good Lord. And they all had, they had like very official folders and I was kind of jealous about that. We didn't get any official folders. No. But it's not all glamour of kids. <laughs> She has a friend who, I guess, will be have more of a role in future installments. In this one, she just kind of pops up to say sappy things about their missing friend. Like, oh, she had a crazy laugh. And then, oh, yeah, you know, that's going to be a thing later. Yeah. Oh, look at that cute fireman. He's single. Literally. Then he never shows up again. What was that? You want to see a series of mystery movies about this hot fireman's adventures. He's like a, a fire investigator because he actually made a case in this situation for like an arson case. So you were like, you know, you're like, he's 
he's a fireman, but he's also on the ball. He's an investigator. Give him his own spinoff. Okay, pitch me Hallmark Movie 1 about the fire investigator. Burning for you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me the... Come on, baby, light my fire. No, I don't know. Isn't arson a little gruesome for Hallmark? I mean, I guess murder is pretty fucking gruesome. Um, yeah. So he's a he's a hunky fire investigator, fire marshal, and so he's got the brains and the bronze. And he's uh, in a small town. And one day, uh, some eager, uh, some woman who got disillusioned with the big city. She had a big business job. She goes back to her hometown to reconnect with her roots. And one thing that she really wants to do is uh, actually volunteer with the local fire department because uh, her dad was a firefighter. And, you know, it's her way of kind of honoring his memory, getting back to her roots. And so then she's very spunky and she says, oh, I, I think this one fire, everyone said it was electrical but i think it was an arson and then they team up and they you know they bust the fire bugs and the corrupt local landlords and all all sorts of things sorry everybody (laughs) okay what if you did it the other way around oh so you have this hunky young Mm. fire (laughs) oh yeah No, you need to say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're the only hunky lawyer I need in my life. This hunky fire investigator comes from a small town. Yeah. He goes to visit the big city. Oh. Uh-oh. And while he's in the big city, maybe for some kind of a convention, or maybe he's kind of a nerdy, touristy type. Yeah. He stumbles across a situation where there's a fire that is pretty quickly dismissed as an accident and there is a crusty cynical female big city she had to be pretty tough to tangle with the big boys in the big city she doesn't take his his doubts seriously at first but over the course of the picture she learns that this guy knows what he's talking about and together maybe they can put out a few fires in chicago (laughs) That's incredible. There's your story. God damn. What would that be called? Well, you you have great titles. You're t- I just didn't like your story. <laughs> Why didn't you like my story? I'm just kidding. I love your story. I love uh, your titles too. We can always we can always just kind of yeah we can kind of get this series going. You know, start start making a mint for for Hallmark. What would I call that one? Would yours be something like keep the home fires burning? Keep the home fires burning. I like that. Would yours be something like, I can't think of anything, street heat. (laughs) Night heat. Ooh. Frankly, there's too much heat in the night. That's true. (laughs) People need to be talking about this more. Yeah. Have you ever talked on this podcast about night heat, the TV series? Ready or hot. (laughs) Okay, there you go. (laughs) We're going to talk about night heat at some point. People need to know about night heat. The 1980s Canadian cop journalism show of yesteryear with an amazing theme song that, like, is an actually amazing theme song. And, and like, uh, wasn't it Sonny Grasso who worked on that show? But we, we, we were digressing. Yeah, we're digressing. Back to the halls of Hallmark. I'll just say Night Heat is better than you'd think and better than you would expect, but not that much better. Yeah, it's not quite good enough to be good. But it's like, 
trying. You gotta admire the moxie. Yeah. They're they're taking punches. Hey, pitch me a story about a hunky boxer <laughs> who's taking some punches. You really punch drunk love. Jesus Christ. I think I think I mean to stop making you watch Hallmark movies with me. Punch drunk love, the boxer is also a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> it's inappropriate on so many levels. Ah. <laughs> In the sequel, Pack a Punch is is uh, is it the boxer's best friend from the first movie uh falling in love with a beautiful delivery driver <laughs> and solving mysteries that somehow involving delivery drivers and boxers I think you got a a, a franchise there a delivery driver cuz they see a little bit of everything yeah they they see a lot of things in this city they see how it runs jesus you know we, you know, most of us, when we go into the fancy buildings, we go in the front door. We see what they want us to see. The delivery guys go through the back. Oh. They see it as it really yeah, is. Yeah, they see the real city. That's their town. And they know the, all the back alleys and the routes. They know how to get around. Jesus. Oh, God. It's a hunky young delivery Turn driver. It off. <laughs> Here's my question for you, Kevin. Is there any job that couldn't have a Hallmark movie mystery? I would posit... Well, actually, one just came to mind. Wait, tell me. Oh, I don't know if I could say it. Say it. On this? Yeah. An executioner. <laughs> hmm. Can't do it. Like a jail warden. Anything in corrections. You couldn't have a fun mystery about that. What if your jail warden... Uh... Don't even know. Is a, is a cynical young woman. No, no, no. Who becomes convinced that uh, the death row prisoner that she has to execute in a few days is actually innocent. See, that's not a Hallmark, though. It ha- that has, it, Hallmark has to be a little bit more chill, a little bit more cozy. Okay. So I think any anything with a really heavy thing, you can't do Hallmark. But I think pretty much everything else goes. What about? Surfer, sure. Servant instructor, sure. Golfing instructor, sure. Uh, Hospice worker? Ooh, no. Well, actually, if you put a really, like, nice spin on it, as long as you lean away from any gritty aspect of the work, like, you can't put in that the hometown newspaper's falling apart and has been bought up by some local chamber of commerce asshole who won't let them do any actual reporting. Like, you have, it has to everything, everything has to be nice, nice, nice. Yeah, the hospice worker, my beloved relative is dying. I see how compassionate and caring she is, and we make a connection. And and the elderly relative, before they pass away, gives one more clue to the ho- like, and then yeah, you could do that. Um, it has to just be dialed down. You could do doctors, you could do nurses, you could do military. Uh, I mean, just anything you could do. But obviously, obviously, a lot of these are going to be some sort of law enforcement or some sort of journalist. Those are the go-tos, I think. Everybody loves a reporter. Everybody. The beloved, beloved role in society. There are nations, lords and ladies. That's very true. Ah, and I, I love to see them celebrated at the journalist cotillions. What? In your mind? <laughs> Is that where you are when I see you just zoning off? <laughs> The journalism cotillion. Ah, the cotillions. Will you come out and do a a tap dance around a huge typewriter? That sounds awful for everybody, especially me. How humiliating. 
You'd make me tap dance and work at my own cotillion? Well, you're like trying to show people why people, you're trying to show the world. I think that would just make people rightfully just tap, tamp down on the fourth estate. First Amendment, who needs it? After you see me tap dance, I think people are going to be questioning a lot of things you're about the, the Bill of Rights. You're forgetting the giant typewriter. <laughs> Does the typewriter like crush me at the end? Because I think that's the only way that that goes off with people loving that. Would you be like like jumping from one key to the next? What sick fantasy is this? And then at the end, there's like a ding. And, and, and it, has, and it spells the words, help me. My husband's making me do this. Send help. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be great. Jesus. I can imagine at the end, someone comes out teary-eyed and talking about all the reporters who've got the big typewriter in the sky. <laughs> Kevin, we don't still use typewriters. <laughs> it's not 1940, Kevin. No cotillion has happened. Well, if not typewriter, then what giant prop would you tap dance around? Like a laptop? No one wants to see that. A reporter's notebook? Oh, and then like the pages would like automatically turn. Like each page has like a story you're proud of. You like you do, you do like a little dance to celebrate your. Here's my Walmart themed dance. No, no, and then the no. Page turns. Jesus. And then you do a Costco dance. So, so, okay. Let me ask some questions. I think this is the best idea we've had. Let me ask some questions. This is a lot better than that so, hunting fireman business. I I don't think it is on several levels. So a cotillion. So other journalists are there. What? Who? And am I am I the entertainment or am I like the star of the cotillion doing this? You're the star of the cotillion. Okay. Wherever you are, you're the focus of everyone's attention. Yeah. So you may not as in well, real life though. So you may as well hop up on stage and do a number. Even though I've not told anyone about this and none of the props are set up. <laughs> okay, just wanted to clarify some things. No, no, we would work out the props. I would invest our Are entire, we running the cotillion? I would invest our entire fortune in the giant automated notebook. Obviously. I think your typewriter thing was better, to be honest, even if a little bit outdated uh are we running the cotillion or are we crashing it obviously you're the star of the cotillion we, we wouldn't even have to pay for the notebook no because that would be in their budget that's in their budget they're there for me okay well and uh, then maybe as you're dancing around the notebook and the pages are turning maybe there's like animatronic figures oh representing God. some of your sources this is really disturbing Folks, this is a very dark turn into my husband's <laughs> mind. I didn't know this was going to happen tonight either, but we'll have some words after this, and hopefully it won't happen again. <laughs> but I'm so sorry. Wow, that's a that's a chilling look. Chilling. So obviously, lawyers have cotillions, so you're telling me journalists don't? Wait, no, lawyers don't have cotillions. What do you think would happen in a lawyer's cotillion? Where would I be tap dancing to? Um... Tap dancing around a big tort book. I don't know. Is <laughs> I'm wearing uh, uh, like the judge's wig oh, God. and waving a gavel around. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what watching this movie did. Yeah, this is it. Really broke us on some level. I don't know if we're ever gonna be the same after seeing this. Uh, can I just? Can I just? Can I? Can I wrap up the plot quickly? Sure. Uh. 
the girl who went missing is alive. She went off. She was threatened by one guy who said she she basically witnessed a murder. She saw a guy drug his dad and kill him. And it was a guy associated with the theme park. So let me let me just take a moment to say what happens next. Please. She says, because of this, I've gone into hiding in another part of the country. And they say, okay, well, what you should do, trust us. And so then she goes back to the small town with them. And then the three of them, with no backup, go into a dark building and confront the bad guy who is armed. Can I just... What What an idea that is. It's a novel idea. It's a podcast idea. Oh, an audio idea. So let me just... Let me throw something out there for everybody. Please do. And this is something that I Please do. have had to reflect on while we've been talking about this. So one one thing that really blew my mind at the end and perhaps sent me on a more erratic trajectory in terms of my thinking about this film than it would have otherwise is that I didn't realize the whole time we weren't watching a made-for-TV movie. We weren't watching a Hallmark film. We weren't watching a mystery romance. We were watching an extended Sky Zone commercial. Sky fucking zone all through the ending, they're bouncing on the trampolines. They're swinging on the ropes. They're running around the the catwalks. I don't know. They're running around and the, the on the on the mats. They're on the mat. They're taking it to the mat for fucking Sky Zone. Sky Zone product placement. That's a real thing, right? I think we drive past one a few times, right? I'm I'm looking it up. Sky. I'm gonna be embarrassed as hell if it's not a real thing at this point. But yeah, there's a Sky Zone. There's a Sky Zone Indie. Fuck. They're here. They got to us. Sky Zone indoor trampolines. There's uh, cubes of foam, pits, swinging things. People are jumping. People are on trampolines. It's a Sky Zone commercial. That's what we were watching. This was like one of those, you know, when you're watching the Super Bowl or something, or like you go on Twitter and you find, again, it's like this weird long narrative. And then you're like, wait, this is a commercial for like watches? I mean, that's what this was. It was a That's fucking was. Sky Zone commercial. The climax is in a Sky Zone, and they want you to fucking know about it. Because like any good podcaster, they're all about that product placement. So this uh, this concludes in a Sky Zone. Guess what? The journalists are the good guys in this one. The cops are the corrupt ones. The cop turns out to be in on it. The bad guy is the guy who owned a theme park or something who again he's not he, I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's Troy Kynes or whatever that guy's name Troy Hines <laughs> Troy Hines whatever he's not Troy Hines but he might as well be right I mean he it, it, he had some kind of name like that he was one of those guys with the LLCs I don't know but he's he's there and he's the bad guy and they they capture them. I didn't understand the movie. They they capture them, but then they're able to get free and run around the sky zone, doing all the little sky zone birthday activities to get free and break away from the bad guys. And then the then the reporter guy is is doing a gun standoff with the cop, and the cops kind of accurately like like you think you're a better shot? Yeah. Why would he know how to shoot a gun? What the fuck's going on? And then it ends, and and let me just say, say this: this missing woman, her mom didn't give a shit. She was gone. 
Okay. They we saw her in the beginning of the movie. She was just kind of like she, it was like she was talking about like a a coworker she brief, briefly knew. She's like, "Yeah, you know, she she left and yeah, things have been pretty crazy since." I mean, it was like, "What? No emotion in that actress at all." Don't you think she probably knew her daughter was alive? Yeah, that was my guess too. And so at the end she's all like, "Oh, honey, wow. Uh, what's going on?" Like <laughs> And you said something there. You said that they're running around in the sky zone and they have to do the sky zone birthday activities to <laughs> like get, a bunch of nine-year-olds to get free and save their lives and it occurs to me that's something you'd love for your birthday to be running around the sky zone and have little tiny adventures where oh to get out of this one you have to to swing across a a pit full of sponges see and honestly accurate because like I wouldn't want to do that either unless the Sky Zone, like in this uh, you know, show, was closed to everyone else. There's no one there to see me completely fall on my ass and embarrass myself as a adult woman doing ridiculous gymnastics that I can't pull off and I'm probably gonna hurt myself doing. And and like I would want it to be in the context of I have to do it. I'm being chased by a guy with a gun. I'm being kidnapped. I need to get away. You'd love it. And then and that's my excuse. And inside, I'm like, fuck yeah, I just did Sky Zone. But like to the public, I'm like, I had to swing on the rope into the sponges and fall headfirst into the triangle cubes. It was and, for a good cause to solve and, a mystery. And in fairness, that story worked when you went to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that man was going to kill me. Charles Entertainment Cheese saved my life. <laughs> How dare you bring that up? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, this this movie was insane. And and then oh, tell them at the end where things get really fucked in terms of the newspaper business. They keep making noises about the publisher, her uncle being sick and it's kind of creepy almost. They're like, "Yeah, he's limping. What's going on?" And it's like, "Just calm down. What the hell? What? Huh?" He says, "Yeah, uh, oh, this podcast is so this podcast that did two or three episodes on this now closed case has been wrapped up to everyone's satisfaction is going to be so successful in perpetuity that is going to guarantee the future of this newspaper. And by the way, I'm going to make this podcaster lady the new editor in chief. No, 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 publisher. Publisher. So she's now everybody's boss. He didn't brief her beforehand. He didn't ask her. He just springs this on her at this meeting. And then uh, the reporter, editor guy she's been working with says, oh, I guess you're my boss now. And she says, yes. And so now, first of all, no one wants to see them as a couple. No one's interested in that. But now, even if for some reason something changed, it would be inappropriate because she's his boss. What an ending. What a fucking ending. So they wrote themselves into a situation where these people can never get together. And ethically. Like, and for the most part, they did some bad things here. Okay. They they kind of snuck into a room. They contaminated at least one crime scene. They fell off a walking trail. Pathetic. But generally, for one of these kinds of shows, I didn't notice a ton of unethical behavior from a journalism perspective. Again, compared to most of these, I'm not saying in general, if they did this in real life, yeah, if you contaminated a crime scene, you'd be, that would be really bad. But I'm just saying, but now we're getting into the point where, yeah, publisher and editor are having a romantic relationship. Mm, I don't know. That's gonna, that's not gonna fly. It's a little bit dicey. It's a bit dicey. But thankfully, there's no chemistry between them. 
there's there's at one point there's a line which uh seems to suggest she might have some interest in him but that's like the biggest twist ever because no one sees that coming because there's no sign they have any interest in each other whatsoever that's the biggest mystery I've had more chemistry with people I've never met who have been on the other side of a street as I'm walking. What the fuck? What did you do? <laughs> what are you talking about? So you what's around? your five-star final? I didn't know Kevin was going parading again. <laughs> Sauntering around. Well, what do you think I do on Easter? It's the Easter parade. Jesus I put Christ. on my Sunday best. Your bonnet. <laughs> with spats. <laughs> so you can go attract all the young fillies. Jeez. <laughs> You're get, too get much. Us, get us out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's 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 both lean on the proverbial trailhead railing so we can plunge to our proverbial death down the proverbial ravine. Well, let me ask you something yeah. before we do. Okay. We paid money for this. We bought uh, a DVD. From which, Menards. Which has three of these movies. Yes. Are you going to oh, insist? All of, <laughs> all of them. You're going to fucking, it's going to be clockwork orange situation in here you're gonna have to watch all of these with me well then i get then i get i get to pick the five hours of viewing after that oh no matter what challenge no matter what disgusting perverted thing i want to make you watch what oh i have some ideas give me a hint Uh... (laughs) all right i (laughs) would i would say the hallmark movie recovered brings to mind a line from our great philosopher Kenny Loggins podcast to the sky zone gonna take it right into the sky zone thanks for listening this week I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T Greenley who's no relation to me he's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com you can follow us on twitter at mystery to me that's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore and at mystery to me podcast on facebook and instagram and you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com we're not teens setting up hotmail accounts in the early 2000s so all of those spell out two as t-o thanks Thanks so so much much for for listening. listening